anytime you get your ass out of bed early to do something that's bigger than yourself or something that you're not getting any sort of gain out of, you're giving back, you're giving your time, you naturally feel good. And then once you have the, the visceral experience, me and this group of people, we're all relatively new, getting to know each other. We've never done something like this together. You go through that experience together. You're like, wow, that was, that was really cool. Like, I feel like a good human being right now. Like We did our part to help and give back today. And it's like I said, you're always like, you get so much more when you give, even though you don't give expecting in return. You just get that warm feeling that you know makes you, makes you feel good for the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and it makes you want to do more of those type of activities. Welcome to the award-winning Leadership in the Environment podcast. We guide you to living better by your values. We bring you relevant views on important topics without doom and gloom. We focus on awareness and action. It's about bringing fun, community, and connection to your everyday life. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing and turning on notifications. Let's do this. Partway through my second conversation with George, I say, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. I see a strong chance that several guests of this podcast and their organizations have enough common interests and would serve their communities enough by collaborating that we'll create a project. Maybe it will go nationwide. Maybe it will fall apart. Maybe it will change culture. Maybe future generations will look back at these changes at what sparked the turning point. I want to contrast George's motivation from your typical gyms or most organizations. Most gyms, they work you now for a later payoff, like pay now in terms of not money, but lifting weights or something that you don't want to do. And later you'll be glad because you'll be fit or something like that. For George, the future benefit is nice, but it's a side effect. The effort itself is rewarding. We heard it with Joe DeSena in Spartan. You hear it from me with my Sid Chas. I believe that we all find meaningful, purposeful work more rewarding than working for a later payoff or simply watching TV, comfort and convenience. Will our conversations and relationships evolve into the cultural shift to stewardship that I believe we all would prefer, even if no one wants to start them? Listen to the conversation. If interested in participating what George and I talk about or contributing yourself, let me know, especially if you like organizing or if you know sponsors. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe nothing will come of this, but listen to George and you tell me if a lot of people would like to participate. Welcome to the Leadership in the Environment podcast. This is Joshua Spodek. I'm here with George Chimmel, who is showing me his reusable bottle. Yes. <laughs> it was, it, this is only audio, so they can't see that. But it's funny because we were just talking about, you were just about to start talking about what, he's like, we did the project and I was like, oh, got to start recording. And so we were chatting and he showed me, because I think last time you had had disposable cup or something like that. And now you're... Yeah, I had a cardboard coffee cup. So if I'm, if you associate that with me, if I'm the pain in your ass who got you to... Yeah. You no, think I'm about... pretty... Uh, from a water perspective, I have... We have a great, uh, like a water filtration system in the gym. And then I have a Brita here and I use these water bottles all day. So I don't drink any water out of like plastic bottles. I'm really good with that. Cool. But that's not the main point. Let's get to... You were going to... Last I heard... You're kind of in a jam because it's tough to hold outdoor events, but you want, and the gym, I don't know if gyms are open and you want to be, but you had a burgeoning potential possibility with Hard Rock Cafe. And so I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. So, I mean, we basically, we're back indoors now. We partnered up with the Hard Rock. We hosted outdoor classes for basically the last two months. And we wanted to do some more stuff in the community to kind of give back, to clean up, to do this stuff. We had looked at doing a beach cleanup and outdoor workout event a few months back, didn't happen because of the social distancing requirements and stuff like that. So then we ended up partnering with a local nonprofit called Surfrider. They came over to the Hard Rock. We all got together two hours before our class on a Saturday morning. 
We had about 25 people there from our community and they brought reusable bags, reusable gloves for all of us, gave us a little rundown on just the impact of trash in a downtown market and how that trickles through to the oceans and how that impacts the overall environment and everything like that. And it was a really great event. So we all went out there and it was amazing the amount of trash we collected in two hours. Like it was, you know, my biggest takeaway was it's like, it's amazing what happens when you look down. So I think you just naturally don't look down. You're just looking out. And when you look down, you see actually how filthy the streets are how there are cigarette butts everywhere. And I mean, even over in parts of East Village where you're seeing needles, drug paraphernalia, disgusting rotted food, crap everywhere. So it was, it was very eye-opening. Uh, everyone loved it. Everyone's excited to do it again. I actually had some of the people offering to kind of help me put another one together. Um, so we're, we're in the process of, of working towards that. We're back indoors now, so we've had to move some other stuff around. But it was a really powerful event. It's great to partner with that group. They've never done anything downtown. They specifically work on um, beach activities. So for them, they were like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. This is something that we could focus on doing more of, especially with all the outdoor dining downtown. You walk around, there's masks everywhere, plastic bags everywhere, trash Everyone on the ground, I mean. On the ground, yeah. I mean, masks are the new plastic bags. I mean, they're everywhere on the ground. Uh, in this environment. So it was a very cool event. Really happy we did it. Definitely want to do it again. And I think it's something that could become relatively big. I mean, again, you can't have big mass gatherings in this environment yet. So it's like we're kind of limited to how many people we can have participating in something like this at this time. But really, really exciting, really fulfilling. And and Hard Rock love being a part of it. I have a lot of questions. One of the big ones is, it seemed like there was something contrasting here, but can you help make it make sense? It was disgusting and people loved it. Well, yeah. Well, I was just saying it was, it was disgusting in terms of what we actually found on the road that is there every day, but you just don't take the time or have the patience or the wherewithal to look down and actually see what's there. You just walk past it. You don't pay it any attention. So like, yeah, there was some really disgusting things that we had to pick up, particularly, like I said, in East Village, where there's a lot of homeless activity and whatnot. Uh, it's pretty, pretty filthy, but everyone felt like there's a need, there's a necessity to do more of this type of work. And we all felt really good that we woke up at the butt crack of dawn on a Saturday morning when we could have been sleeping in to get back and support the local community. Can you tell me more about that feeling? Did people get there and feel good about it? Or were they groggy when they got there and then changed to feel good about it as they did it? I think anytime you get your ass out of bed early to do something that's bigger than yourself or something that you know, you're not getting any sort of gain out of, you're giving back, you're giving your time, you naturally feel good. And then once you have the, the visceral experience, because you know, I don't think it, we've, me and this group of people, we're all you know, we're relatively new getting to know each other. We've never done something like this together. So you, you go through that experience together. You're like, wow, that was, that was really cool. Like, you know what? I, I feel like a good human being right now. Like we did our part to, to help and give back today. And it's, it's like I said, you're always like, you get so much more when you give, even though you don't give expecting in return, you just get that warm feeling that, you know, makes you, makes you feel good for the rest of the day, the rest of the week. And it makes you want to do more of those types of activities. It's a weird thing that, it, most people would think, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get my hands dirty. Other people should do that. I pay my taxes. Well, I mean, a lot of people are like that. I mean, for my, I mean, my, my girlfriend didn't come out there. She's like, I'm not doing that. 
You know, I mean, <laughs> there's, there's definitely those people are like, that's disgusting. But I mean, again, you know me, like we talk about this time and time again, it's when you sign up to do things where you don't know how it's going to go, maybe you're not adequately prepared. You're just kind of jumping in head first with little to no expectations or little to no training. You're just saying, hey, I'm going to go for it. In my opinion, those are the experiences where you you really learn and you really grow and it, it can really change your perception on a lot of different things. And we all, we all, everyone that was out there, we're out there for a reason, but we all got a lot out of it. We're all excited to do it again and hopefully make it bigger. Hopefully we can get through this environment where we can actually go out and I, mean, I could easily organize hundreds of people to do something like this, but I mean, we can't do that right now. So I wonder if, uh, actually, have I talked to you about, do you know about Literati, the app? I don't think so. I, I don't know. Maybe did you? No. So there's an app, Jeff Kersner, I think uh, was his last name. He made this app. He's been a guest on my podcast. And it's an app where on your phone, you take a picture of each piece of trash you pick up and it geolocates. And I think it even can tell you, like it'll catalog the source of it. So you can tell how much is from Starbucks and how much is from Coca-Cola and so forth. Right. And they also do, if you're a corporate event and you want to, I think they'll, they'll brand the app for you. So, and then they, they'll compile, the, like if you want to do like a one day thing. We did it by manually, actually. Like I literally have... The rundown, I'm sure this is very far from accurate, but it's like a rough estimate of like how many of these different things that we picked up. Well, since I was talking about doing this with Spartan, I was thinking of, I want to make it as easy as possible. And if we have to get permits, that might make it harder. But what if we, I'm thinking if we, everyone doesn't have to be in the same place at the same time. If everyone's got this app, then it's sort of like you're still a team together and it'll group, because I want it to have, like I want to have a New York one and LA one and San Francisco and like all the cities compete against each other. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Like, I can tell you what's what's something that's very similar that had tremendous impact. As a friend of mine, she put it on some of the virtual runs that have taken place. And there was one, um, what was the exact name of the event? They raised millions. It was basically for the Australian forest fires and uh, or the Australian fires, wildfires back in the beginning of the year. And she basically, like, she's an influential person in the running community and the ultra community, has a pretty big following. So she basically reached out to her running network around the world and over a 48-hour stretch asked everyone to go out, clock their miles, put in their miles, donate a little bit, whatever, and have this global running movement in support of the wildfires and all the devastation in Australia. And she partnered up with Strava, as you know, probably the app Strava. So everyone was kind of clocking their stuff up on there. And the thing just went viral. And I, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people participated, but they raised millions. There's a really freaking big deal. And it was kind of the same thing. It was like you had people in different markets all running, but kind of competing with one another, but all doing it just to raise money to give back but making it really fun and engaging. So I could, I could see something similar here where you'd have like, you know, let's like the pandemic cleanup weekend, whatever you want to, I mean, obviously we'll, you know, you'd market it better than that and then have all groups in different cities across America, all participating, clocking, recording, scoring, quantifying it, even gamifying it if need be and bringing people together around that. I, I mean, something like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. And distributed. So everyone's, everyone's together, but even though, Everyone's on on teams, even if they're not next to each other, or I guess families could still do it together. And yeah, I mean, if that's what you're looking at doing, I would definitely like help participate in that and help help you run it or whatever you'd need because I, I could get a lot of participation out of that for sure. Sweet, and I think it would. I mean, I think the publicity is going to be really good too. 
I think it, yeah, I think what would be, what would be awesome is like, I think what you do, cause I, I thought about doing this is, it's actually funny because like when I talked to Samantha about the, the virtual run there, like my thought of eventually was when we rolled out the run across America film in conjunction with that, you know, I wanted to kind of have a, a, a national running sort of event around the launch of the film to kind of get people engaged around veteran suicide and whatnot and go out there. But I think what you'd want to do is you kind of have regional heads and you have people responsible for teams in their local markets. So if you could get, just this is my opinion, 20 or so of those people in different markets and then get them organizing their own local events. Because with the virtual run she had, it got super cool where it was like, okay, in Sydney, Australia, we have this group of people and then this group of people is organizing this run and this run and this run. And in this run, Lululemon's going to sponsor that and they're bringing their people together. And this run, we have another local retail shop that's going to sponsor that run and they're doing it. And then you have all the local participants. So it's like a funnel effect. It's like a trickle down. And that's when you start getting like massive numbers of participation. Plus then you have companies that are actually donating to put their own like little run within the greater run together. So it's like, you'd have your own, like, like the hard rock pickup, right? Like that would be like one of San Diego's groups of people that are participating as a part of this national competition. Like that's, and you make it competitive. Like, I think, I think that's what makes it fun. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. This is where it all began. So years from now, when American culture is, this is what like we you have to do now to like I think really mobilize people on a grander scale. Like I mean, you know, I've done a lot of thinking around this, just not about trash pickup. But I mean, if you laid out the statistics around, like I mean, if if there are if there are some data points around our cities are getting progressively more and more filthy through the pandemic, which I'm sure I, I know it's the case. I don't have a lot of the data behind it. I got the data on that. It's, it's insane. Yeah. As to why something like this would be really cool. Like we could definitely like, I, I think we could get a lot of horsepower and a lot of traction behind it for sure. It was, so when people say to me, Josh, what one per, I'll say, I go pick up a piece of garbage every day. Now it's like 20 a day. And actually, so your point about East village in your East village, the Northwest corner of Washington square park has in the 20 years that I've lived in this apartment, it's always been the corner where when you walk through, it's like smoke, smoke, weed, smoke, smoke. You know, they're always trying to sell you drugs there. And since the pandemic, it's crack and heroin. And I met this guy from TED because their offices aren't that far away in Washington Square Park. And he says, do you want to find a bench or walk around? And I go, well, actually, I pick up a piece of garbage every day from, or at least three from the Northwest corner. Let's go over there and pick up garbage together. He's like, all right, let's pick up garbage together. And that was the first time I saw just a syringe just sitting on a bench, like not thrown away and just sitting there. I'm like, I'm not going to pick that up. But Actually, that had a pretty big effect because he's like the head of, I forget his title, something involved with um, partnerships. You know, Ted has actually, do you know about Ted's countdown event on 10, 10, 2020? Mm-hmm. See, Ted is kind of funny because if any group is all talk, no action, it's them, right? They're all talk, no action. And they know it. And they know they got to change that. And they also know that they can't hold Ted events during the pandemic. So they're, they're doing this big on 10, 10, 2020, it's Ted countdown. And so it's for one day or for the, and for the week following that, they're making it very easy to hold a TEDx event online. And I'm thinking, you might want to consider doing this. You, if that group that you had was, you said, two dozen people, 25 people? Yeah. If you wanted to, you could, it takes like two minutes to register for a TEDx event right now. I mean, you go there, you, you just enter your name, the date you want to have it. And the name would be, it can be the name of an organization or the name of uh, a place. And 
there's no fees for this one event because I think they're trying to transfer transition from at least during the pandemic, which may last for the rest of our lives from, you know, TEDx main event or TED main event to this online thing that they're doing this like two weeks from now, or three weeks from now. And then again, a year from now, if you wanted to do like a TEDx thing and, and get the people, you could do like a panel and have like a few people from your group speak. And I don't know how many people would show up, but if everyone hosts a TEDx event and have like put that on your resume, now's the time to do it. And I think it's, um, I would, do, I would attend yours because I'd want to hear more of like what, if you got like five of the people to come up on a panel with you on Zoom and share that experience. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's no fees. Okay. Because I'm trying to use that as a deadline to get Spartan to do their first thing. Got it. Because for one time, TEDx is backing up. We want to make it possible. I mean, Countdown is about, it's more about climate than pollution, but obviously there's huge overlap and making all the single use stuff uses a lot of energy. So they're one, I mean, it's fossil fuel stuff. And actually one of the reasons the plastic is so cheap is because fracking, fracking is obviously greenhouse and fracking is so cheap because of all the subsidies. Uh, anyway, they were getting a, a field from our stuff. You, I want to go back to the, your personal experience when you said looking down, because it's been a while that I've, I also had that experience. Once I started picking stuff up, I started, now I, when I walk down the street, I scan around, like, what can I pick up? Because I generally want to pick up, if I'm only going to pick up a certain number of things per day, and I'm not going to pick up every damn thing that I pass by, I prefer to pick up big things. I wish there weren't there. So I'm looking for like the big Gatorade bottles, the big Starbucks cups, because that's the most garbage I can pick up, most massive garbage I can pick up. But what I end up doing is like scanning around a lot. And if I didn't experience it, I would say, I don't want to see disgust. I don't don't like feeling disgusted. On the other hand, if there's something disgusting around, I would rather be aware of it and then therefore feel it than be ignorant of it. And I'm I'm curious if you're one of the first people I'm talking to that has had this experience. And was yours like that or was it different? No, I mean, it was very similar, except for whatever reason, I was more drawn into picking up the smaller things and the bigger things because I feel like someone else would get the bigger things and the smaller things would just always stay there. We could team up. <laughs> like, I, like I was literally just up picking up cigarette butts. Like, I mean, that was like my main focus. Like I was just picking up butts. I picked up like 3,800 cigarette butts or something. It was oh, like man. a stupid number. Yeah, in two hours. I was just down because they're everywhere. They're literally everywhere, but yet you don't see them. And how does that affect you in the event you feel good at, at what you're doing? You feel disgusted at what you're seeing. How about the next day? How about in, like, does it affect your shopping habits? Does it affect your other habits? No, I mean, I don't really, really, I don't really do all that much shopping to begin with. Like my lifestyle and my, like, I mean, I, I eat out a ton and the rest of it, I get delivered in and like, that's, that's it. No, it just, it just made me realize the magnitude of the problem and that if we all chipped in a little more, like we could make a dent, but like, I mean, us out there that one day, mm-hmm. I mean, Mark, what, 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of 1% of what needs to be done in San Diego, you know, like mm-hmm. pennies on the dollar. Yeah. That reminds me when people say to me, Josh, what one person does doesn't matter to me, the picking up garbage one, I'd rather there's no garbage to pick up, but if it's there, I'd rather pick it up. And that makes me feel good about of civic duty, about service to others. But the bigger thing is that by talking to people like you, by talking to people like Joe, by talking to people like Jeff, I know who's doing what, and we respect each other for really do like, you're just getting started, but you're getting started genuinely and authentically. And when I start talking about partnering up with others, you're ready to go. And of course, there's planning, it might not work out, but that when you do things, then you're prepared to go to the next level, the next level. If you want to lead 
and you haven't done it, it's pretty tough to know what you're talking about. Whereas if you have, yep. then, you know, they say chance favors a prepared mind. It's, it's all to me training for the movement that is building that if no one leads it, I don't, I could think it's could peter out or could drown in, in, Oh, what I do doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't make a difference. We're already past the point of no return. And instead it's the way that you're talking. I don't hear it's the opposite from you on that. So I hope everyone listening, I mean, everyone's got their own business, but my experience was just, I started three or four years ago. I just said, I'm going to pick up a piece of garbage every day. The net cost to my days on the order of one or two seconds. And, you know, maybe a little bit more because I'll wash my hands if I picked up something really dirty when I get in. Well, now in the pandemic, I wash my hands 20 seconds anyway. And I heard you said, we had a great time. We want to build. To me, the size of the contribution, especially the first contribution, that's not the measure of success. That's always going to be small. And if and divided by 7.8 billion, it's zero, effectively. It's, did you do it for reasons that matter to you? In, in which case it will feel meaningful, in which case you'll do it again. And as you said, it's going to grow. Well, and again, because it was like there, there's a, lo- a great line in like, what's the standard for a harbor? It's like, there's nothing stronger than the heart of a volunteer. And it's like, I was just really pumped to see some of my employees, friends, colleagues, gym members, like just get up early and show up. Like mm-hmm. it, they didn't have to do it, right? It wasn't, it wasn't like they they garnered any sort of favor or got any sort of like materialistic benefit out of it. They just all wanted to be there to just kind of do their small part. And it was like, that's always very empowering. Yeah. It's most of the media right now. It's like under lockdown, make sure you self care, you know, go and get a massage. If you want, go and get a a manicure, pedicure. I'm not going to stop people from doing that, but serving others is much more in my experience, much more rewarding. Yep. Although, you don't feel that way before you do it. You feel that way after you do it. No, you, no I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, oh, you know, you know, because your experience. Well, yeah, but it's all part of the process, right? Like that, that day didn't just magically happen. You know, I, I had been talking to that group for three or four months to get them to come out and support because we didn't, we didn't have all the right gear. I didn't know what the like reusable gloves and bags and all that. I, I don't know what the hell to get, right? Like I want to bring on an expert or someone that you know, like actually can educate us and help lead the efforts so that we understand so now we can take and run with it and lead the efforts going forward. I don't want to go out there and pretend to know like what I'm doing. So, I mean, it did take a little bit of time to put it all together, but that was a part of the process and that was exciting. So that was building towards the event, actually putting in some of the prep work. And this is so exciting and gratifying to hear. I mean, it's like, it's funny, Josh, why is it so exciting? Some people picked up garbage. It's the mood. It's the emotions. You know, managers work with easily measurable. Yeah, if, 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 there were, if there was a way, I don't know about that app, but if, I mean, if there was a way that you could track the efforts accurately and quickly and like measurably, like you could make something big, you can make a big competition out of it to really activate people. Because sometimes that's what people need to be activated. Like they want to challenge, they want to gain, they want it fun. They want it, they tell their, tell their buddies, oh, I did this. Like not everyone's just going to do it for the purity of going out there at 6 a.m. on a Saturday and doing it themselves. But like to create something larger, to have more of a, like a massive impact, there'd have to be some sort of tracking system or whatnot to quantify it. Yeah, so I'm going to show you something that, um, I'm going to share a screen. So sorry to all the viewers who don't get to see this. <laughs> but uh, like, here's the literati page. Right. And you see, like, they've, so they've had 6.7 million pieces of litter picked up by 182,000 participants in 165 countries. 
And then if you're a school, NGO, or company looking to drive greater change, right? then you get this dashboard here mm-hmm. that shows all the different... I think this can be branded so that you can promote yourself. So I'm not sure if it's exactly what you're talking about, but I think it would be... Um, but then how is it tracking when you're out there? Like, okay, you're out there. And like I said, I picked up 3,800 cigarette butts or whatever. Yeah, I think you have to take a picture of each one. So I guess you got to have the left hand. That's what I'm saying. That's not, yeah. that's not realistic. I mean, that's a lot, like I'm going to spend more time taking pictures and picking up trash. Yeah, well, I was thinking on that one is like parents could bring their kids and the kids hold the cameras. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'll talk to Jeff. If you want, I could put you guys in touch because I want to talk to him about... I'm just trying to think through a way to kind of like streamline the whole thing to create, like, again, to create more of a competition around it that, like, people are going to be fired up to get in. Because, like, if we had, like, a weekend competition, like, I'd go out there for 48 hours straight. Like, I wouldn't sleep. Like, mm-hmm. there, I mean, I would play to win. You know? The gauntlet right. is down. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, that's just how I am, right? But, like, I'm not going to do, do that by myself during a weekend. But if it was something, a part of a bigger event where we're really trying to go blow it out for one weekend and really engage people and really, you know, get tens of thousands of people participating, then like, yeah, then you go out and like, it's, it's a, it's a different animal. And that's, that's what I like kind of like building that, that snowball effect. I'm also noticing a slight different, like I, for me to do a 48 hours nonstop, not exactly by game, although I might do it. For me, it's like, I'll do it every day for years and years and years. Right, right. And never miss a day. But the long-term thing, the long-term goal being that I want to have a competition between cities and between different communities so that they're competing to see who can get to a place where people just would not think of littering because it is too pristine. I'm sure you've been to Singapore or places where... I've been to Singapore. It's amazing. Yeah. And here, you know, it's 1.45 p.m. where I am. So every trash can in my neighborhood is going to be completely overflowing right now because everyone's just got single use. They're like, oh, I'm thirsty. I'll get some water. And they don't think twice about it. And they're just overflowing with all this stuff, all this garbage. And I was disappointed to see that the city put an extra trash can on this corner here. I'm like, that's what we want. We need fewer trash cans, not more. It's like, it's like building a road to alleviate congestion. Briefly, it's alleviated, and then people adjust and use the road more and increases traffic. But really, it's, I hope that it makes that people get the lesson that part of the problem is that people drop the stuff on the ground. Man. The first time I was like, I was sitting there talking on the phone and I see some guy walking along with a cup of, a single use plastic cup with, as far as I can tell, there's water in it. He's walking along and as he's walking along, he simply drops it on the ground and keeps walking. He just dropped it on the ground. Like what is going on inside this man's heart and head that this is something he just does. But that's the world we live in today. And I hope that people, I think that picking stuff up, that's why I asked about how it changed you afterward. It's shopping habits, for example. It's like, you know, I really hope one day that somewhere there's some factory that produces single-use plastic cups and that their inventory is overloaded and they have to stop running the factory because no one's buying their stuff. No one will even take it for free because no one's going to use it, as is the case with, well, I guess it's different with the fluorocarbons for, for the ozone. That was legislation. But I guess in New York, a few years back, they banned cigarettes in bars and clubs. At the time, they were concerned what if people start going across the river to New Jersey and going to Hoboken for their after-work stuff? A couple of years later, Hoboken had to pass a law to outlaw because people were going from Hoboken to New York to go out because they didn't want the smoke. Right. And, or a bigger one, when England, I've been learning a lot of history about abolition. When England was outlawing the slave trade in 18, the early, late 1700s, early 1800s, 
there's a big parallel between the slave trade and the, the fossil fuel trade. And historically, if you look it up, you'll find like people have been studying this for quite some time. And I'm, I'm late to the game on figuring this out. And the arguments to maintain the slave trade were very similar to the arguments to maintain the, a lot of polluting industries. One of the big ones was if we don't do it, England, if we England don't do it, then France will step in, the Netherlands will step in, and they'll just do what we were doing. We'll just lose money and they'll, they'll succeed and they'll take over where we were. When they actually, in 1807, passed the law banning the slave trade, England then went to those other nations and persuaded them to ban it too. They went from leading to more cruelty to leading, abolishing that. So I'm hoping that the more aware we are of, I don't want to equate things that, don't, that ought not to be equated, but I hope that the more that we're aware of, of what we're doing, just, I mean, very locally, uh, you know, to our own neighborhoods, the ground underneath our own feet, that the more we change our culture to where we don't accept that anymore, as we, as we are with, we would not accept a car that did not have seatbelts in it. We would not accept allowing smoking in restaurants in New York anymore. I had a full head of steam there. <laughs> If you like the show, I recommend acting, as my guests do. It works best with someone supportive, your spouse, parents, kids, neighbors, or friends. Learn the four-step process I do with my guests and describe in my TEDx talks and do it together. You'll find yourself acting on something you care about, something meaningful. Whether you start big or small doesn't matter. If you care, if it's meaningful, you'll keep doing it. You'll reach big. Eventually, stewardship will feel normal. You'll wish you had started earlier. Second, I recommend donating to help this podcast at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. I promote degrowth and stewardship, which no advertiser will touch, but brings joy, community, connection, and abundance to you when you act, and global change in the long run. Help us keep going. That's joshuaspodek.com slash donate. So do you know when your next one is? No. Keep me apprised, because I'd love to put you in touch with others to get the, com- the competitive streak going and see if there are others out there with tools to make it easier. And I'll talk to Jeff and find out how easy it is or how hard it is and if he's willing to change things to make it easier. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a look at that app and uh, kind of see what it looks like and stuff like that. Maybe it's, maybe it's you kind of get multiple events going on in a single local market and then you kind of grow from there. I mean, I, I think of it like I know people in, I mean, as he does, uh, all over the country where I could, I could bring and just say, hey, we're doing this this weekend would love for you to get a team together, get a group of people together and participate. And here's how you do it. You know, and I was like, I mean, I, I know I could get a lot of action on that front. Well, I'm game for doing that. I mean, I don't have to wait for Spartan. I mean, they can take their time. Yeah. I just want to make sure that we have the infrastructure behind it to make it streamlined and doable. Cause like, I'm not a developer. I'm not getting into writing code or anything like that. You know, and it's like, it's, it's got to be a way for people to participate easily and that we can track each other and make it fun or do it whatever. I mean, for at least what I'm thinking about doing. All right. So I'll talk to him next and see if there's an easy way to, to track things. As it happens, I've also been picking up a lot of, gar- a lot of garbage here because uh, New York City politicians are starting to organize events. You know, they're not gung-ho about it. And they're not, pre- I'm, I'm presenting to Spartan. It's like, it's an event, but there's also, it's like countless bodyweight lunges, bodyweight squats, bodyweight deadlifts of picking stuff up or plugging if you want to make it a running event too. So I'm trying to make it a physical activity. And if you did make it 24 or 48 hours, that's another, you know, that's another grueling part to it. For the politicians, it's more like a civic event and more connecting with your neighbors. But I could see it appealing in both directions. Well, now it's hard for me to continue the conversation because I'm starting to think of the planning and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, what do you think of making 10, 10, 20, 20? De- well, it's 10, 10, 20, 20, but the latest you can do in a TEDx event would be 10, 18, I think a week later, two week after. I mean, I think that, I think that, I mean, it's going to be tough for me to put something together. Then I'm actually back East uh, 
see my folks and see my real estate guys down south for like 10 days, like that whole week, I'm going to be back east. So I won't even, those dates just don't work for me. Okay. I haven't seen my, I haven't seen my folks since the beginning of the year. So like, you know, and obviously they've been in quarantine. So I like, I'm going to be focused on spending a few days with them. Plus, if you're going from the West Coast to the East Coast, when you get there, you're probably going to be tired from such a long run. (laughs) (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) That was good. Anything I didn't think to ask uh, before wrapping up? No, I think think that's good. But I I mean, I'm definitely like this. I think this is a cool idea conceptually. Do me a favor. Send me over some of those data points that you have on just kind of some of the national statistics and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. I'll send you a link in Scientific American. Do you know about Soul Buffalo? Mm-hmm. Soul Buffalo is this organization by a friend of mine, started by a friend of mine, Dave Ford. They're also having trouble during the pandemic because he would bring executives from places like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, Dow, DuPont, big polluters, as well as Greenpeace, National Geographic. And you bring them on a boat out to the Atlantic gyre and you'd have them swim in the muck. So it was a double event of on the boat, they'd talk to each other, people, high level executives at, at these organizations. So one, they'd meet with each other. Normally, Dow and Greenpeace don't talk to each other. They just protest each other. And they would go in the muck and see how disgusting the plastic in the ocean is. So now he can't bring them together on the boat, pandemic. So he's been looking for things to do as well. So he's, his big thing is ocean plastic in particular, but to me, land plastic becomes ocean plastic. And he said if the event gets to be nationwide, he'll bring the executives, roughly speaking. So this could influence the producers of this stuff. And anyway, he did a recent article in Scientific American documenting the increase in ocean plastic since the pandemic, like all the PPE and all the masks, but also all the packaged food. So I'll send you the links to to Scientific American article. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on again. Thanks for sharing. And glad to hear this is is coming together. Uh, We'll see how it comes together next. Sometimes these things fizzle out, but sometimes they really take off. No, it was great. Thank you. Thank you for the push. And uh, like I said, we had... We had an amazing experience and everything. And uh, yeah, I look forward to continue growing it. Me too. And uh, if anything, you know, I'm open. If you have any updates, let me know. And I'll keep you updated too. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, buddy. My conversation with George got me thinking about a lot of podcast guests. There's him and his challenge with his gym. There's George with his community and his gym. Spartan. Literati. Soul Buffalo. Generation 180. Living Lands and Waters. The Story of Stuff. I've had on this podcast the leaders and often founders of these organizations that are, I think there's a lot of organizations that want to act. I don't mean to organize others to act. That will come from them acting themselves. Did you hear the joy, the community, the connection George described? That was from one get-together. Imagine nationwide, coordinated over lots of different people, lots of different organizations, lots of different areas, but all competing with each other to clean more. And of course, you know me, the goal is not to clean. That's one step. The goal is to stop production. The goal is to reduce production of this pollution in the first place, which will come. It's inevitable. When you start picking up garbage, you start producing less. You start consuming less. You won't accept it anymore. There are lots of problems at first. Successful people know to expect them and solve them by hitting them, not saying they have to solve them before starting. Imagine no one considering littering because our nation's land was so pristine, people couldn't bear to do it. Imagine factories stopping manufacturing single-use plastic because no one was buying it or even accepting it. It may happen. It may not, but it may. If it does, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. How many people are bringing a message of joy from what everyone calls saving the environment, but I call the future? Step-by-step, this podcast is creating a culture of joy, community, and connection around sharing and acting on our environmental values. Again, 
There's no profit in buying and wasting less, but we'll all love our lives and relationships more when we do. I can use your support. Please donate at joshuaspodek.com slash donate. Again, that's joshuaspodek.com slash donate.